Hello and uh, welcome to the intro episode of She's Done Lost Her Mind. Yeah, I think I have. Um, what I'm planning on doing with this little effort of mine is one, <laughs> bring awareness to some things that I don't think our society talks about and we really need to talk about. Um, A little background on myself. For years, I wrote a blog called Thankfully Chewed Up and Spat Back Out. It really was, I don't know, when I started it in like 2008-ish, 9-ish, I didn't know what I was doing. And I just sat down on a computer and started writing. The next thing I know, it was kind of like an online journal slash current events, slash advocacy for domestic violence, sexual assault, child abuse, anything in dealing with trauma and PTSD and healing and all that. It was my walk in life. And it was a release for me. Um, I'd share important stories and things from my own childhood as a survivor of child sexual assault, domestic violence, and sexual assault as an adult. Um... And I shared a lot of things on that blog that I never shared with anybody else in my life. And then I shared a lot of things that only a few people knew. And then there's still a lot in me left to share. It was a very healing endeavor for me. Uh, And it kind of showed the path that I've walked. All the good, all the bad, definitely all the ugly. Um... I've also have spent a lot of my time as an advocate, an advocate for many different causes. And when I say advocate, I mean feet on the ground out there in meetings and speaking up and out and showing others on how to do it. And that's for um, children with disabilities. My son, first baby, was born with some disabilities. And then also um, for domestic violence and child sexual assault and sexual assault as an adult. Um, and the homeless, too. I started an organization in Juneau County, Wisconsin, that assisted homeless. And a lot of times those homeless were survivors of childhood trauma. So that's my background. <clears throat> also, professionally, because all that was volunteer. Professionally, I accidentally tripped into a job as a reporter for a, a newspaper and in rural Wisconsin, and then, um, and don't let that fool you, okay? I mean, I wrote for a paper, and I got paid peanuts, okay? That's what that was. But anyways, through that job, and over the years, I ended up editor, and that's another whole long traumatic story, because I really didn't want the positions, but that's for another day. Um, And that's what I did as I raised my children, trying to heal and spewing my guts out to the world. So, you have a little bit of background on me. I am 53 years old. I am a survivor, as I just stated. And I like to express myself and use my life as a... I I don't know what. I've landed in so many different social causes along my path that sometimes it's just mind-boggling. Absolutely mind-boggling. When I was going through all this stuff as a kid, I was also sick all the time. I was hospitalized. I had um, 
so much, <laughs> so much. And um, doctors were always, you know, they always thought it was autoimmune. That's why my organs would fail or something was happening. My spleen would enlarge to be so large that I had to have it out when I was 17, 18 years old. Um, and they always thought it was either autoimmune or leukemia, but they could never figure it out. Never. And so I was going through a lot as a kid. I had all that going on. And now as an adult, I still have the health issues and I still have doctors who cannot figure this this stuff out. And over the years and the dysfunction and trying to survive and getting on the healing path off and on for decades and then taking little diversions back towards nightmares, um, I've learned a lot. And I think it's important for people like me, because there's a lot of me's out there who um, sit and go, why is this happening? Why does this keep happening? Or or who have dealt with these heartaches and, and, and struggles. I think it's very important that people like me share our lives. Because that's the only way we're going to learn on how to fix things to where Survivors of childhood abuse and trauma are a thing of the past. And that's going to be so critical to our evolution. Um, Because when you are a survivor of childhood trauma, it leads to so much. It, It can lead to so much. We all take different paths. And we all have different things along the way. Either we have seeds of hope or seeds of terror. And as those seeds grow, it spreads out into our communities in different ways, in schools, in crime, in addictions, in health, in domestic violence, in so many ways, into so people going to social work, into people going to law enforcement. Are they still wounded? Are they still <laughs> looking for their own healing path? And we all affect one another. And it's creating the atmosphere, quite frankly, that we have now. Because we're not addressing the important things on what what nourishes a quality life. And that starts in childhood. But, so, right now, I am facing some of those childhood memories of being a kid, always sick, always in the hospital, because I still have those health issues. And being the age I am now, 53... And being that these health issues have been in my life my entire life, um, they've gotten, you know, my body's tired and I can no longer work like I used to. I can no longer type like I used to. I can no longer write like I used to. Um, My fingers go in all different directions. There's typos and my mind goes one way. The words come out another way. I I just, it is part of what I have going on with my health issues right now. Um, a few years ago, I had to have surgery to have a parotid gland removed because I had a tumor so extremely large. I mean, it wasn't just like a little peanut-sized tumor. It was like a freaking grapefruit on my cheek. Um... Where am I going with this? I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought here. Because, you know what? She's just done lost her mind. 
But anyways, all of that has created this, this atmosphere and this new chapter for me of being someone who always got back up and got back out there and kept trying and active, 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 active. I was always active, always wanting to, 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 to strive for better. So I thought, um, I hit a brick wall with my health and I can't work. And I'm only 53 years old. It actually happened a couple of years ago. But um, so I've had to go through the process of learning how to to deal with that, <laughs> which is extremely hard. While also, hello, government. Okay, this is where I get pissed. Trying to apply for Social Security disability. It is a flipping nightmare. Okay, and... This is what kind of set me off because when I got sick again, really sick again to the point where I couldn't function, um, I had to move down to Memphis from Wisconsin from a child, from, to be with my children. That was part of it because I was getting sick and I knew it. I knew I was going to need help and I, I knew if I was on my own living in Wisconsin like I was and not able to work, I was going to end up homeless. Because our country does not respect the ill. Our country does not respect the disabled. Our country does not respect anybody that they don't see as a productive human being. Even though they may have lived their life as a productive human being. I definitely did. I worked and I gave back full time to my community. So I had to move. Okay. Plus, I miss my baby boys. That's a whole nother story. But anyways, so I had to move, and I come down to Memphis. And before I made the move, because I was on Badger Care, I managed to get on Badger Care in Wisconsin because I was doing some self-employed projects, so I, I qualified for that. When I had my surgery and when I sold my piece of shit house, excuse me, yes, I'm going to swear sometimes. When I sold that, I called Tennessee to make sure I could get on their system since I was on the Badger Care system. It was very important for me to know that because I was having health conditions. And I was told, yes, by whatever human being I spoke to, that there would be a two-month lag, but no problem. That's not the case. So I came to find out. So I moved to Tennessee with this expectation that this was going to happen and I can continue down the path after having my parotid gland removed of working on all this other stuff going on with my health and take a responsible walk in life for myself and get myself back up and, you know, or just know what I'm dealing with because it's just been to me, it's been my life, you know, I get here and that didn't happen. Tennessee said, nah, you're not qualified. I thought I was going to lose my mind then. Um, and then a bunch of stuff happened because well, I rented this beautiful, I, I sunk a lot of money into the move, the security deposit, all the deposits, all the application fee, a lot of money into getting a house big enough to rent from for my boys who were already here and their best friend and what ended up also being one of my boys' girlfriends too is living here. 
um, it costs a lot of money to secure this place, right? And, God, here we go. Man, it's been a trip the last few years. So I rented this beautiful old home. Beautiful, gorgeous, with a history like you cannot believe. In a historic district. Thinking, okay, this will be a good place. Asked all the questions. Researched the agent before I, you know, sent a penny. All that good stuff. Everything you're supposed to do. Only to still end up with what I can call renting from a scam artist. Okay? I get rid of that scam artist. (laughs) And new property management takes over. And we're back to nothing but problems. And I'm, oh my God. See, this is it. I think I've done lost my mind. So I've had all of this going on. Right? And my health got really, really bad because what happens with autoimmune and then the, especially the mysterious ones when you have a, extra added stress uh, in your life, they get worse. <laughs> and when you're in a state that doesn't have the expansion and someone gave you bad information before you got here and you can't get health insurance because you're sick, It gets worse. (laughs) See, I'm laughing because it's just surreal. All right. So we had all this stuff going on. (laughs) I reached out to a medical clinic, you know, you know, thinking, okay, I can go there. Maybe they can do something. And that has been a joke. (laughs) Um. I literally have had no help from them. And the help that I did once have was a misdiagnosis that I argued with the doctor was a misdiagnosis. And oh, it's just, it's so funny. Some of the stuff that has happened has just been so comical in a way. So I did all that. I decided, okay, Eva, swallow your pride. It's time. You've got to swallow your pride. You've got to you've you've got to get into something. So I applied for Social Security. Was denied. All right. I was pissed off when I got that denial. I said, I'm going to try. I'm going to keep trying to work and get some income. And it just didn't happen because my health kept failing on me. There are days I can't even get out of bed. There are days I can't even walk walk the entire um, hallway in our home. I drop things. I got a lot of stuff going on with my um, immune system and inflammation and joints. And, and that's not, not even all of the symptoms. So, and they just progressively, progressively got worse to where I barely can function without a heating pad on my back. Um, so I gave up <laughs> that little temper tantrum of mine of trying to make an income after the first denial. Missed the deadline to reapply. But then when COVID hit, something happened where... um there's a joint on your on your, your chest by your sternum. You know, there's joints there. Sub, 
I'm not going to say the word right, okay? I I have had a speech impediment my entire life. Subclavicular, whatever. SC joint. Mine was sticking out. (laughs) And I'm like, I found it one day driving, working, driving to pick up my son's girlfriend from, um, from work. And, um, I'm like, what the hell is that? I had that going on. No health insurance. A medical clinic that couldn't even, I wouldn't trust with a goldfish. Um, and now I have a joint sticking out. And then two or three weeks later, COVID took over life. Are you kidding me? Okay. No one can make this stuff up. Meanwhile, in our rental, brewing in the basement downstairs because none of the property management would have taken care of the old piping in this house, unbeknownst to us in the dark, dark, dark corners and behind stuff, was toxic mold growing. (laughs) Unacceptable levels in the bathrooms, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's bad, guys. So we have all this stuff going on. I have a house full of unemployed 20-somethings. Me, the 50-some-year-old who's supposed to be wise, you know, and be like, you know, the 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 person to go to when things are needed. And everything's spinning out of control. And so is my health. So... September last year, I reapplied to Social Security. (laughs) Told them, I have no health insurance. I don't know what to do. I got a joint sticking on my chest. I can barely walk. Blah, blah, blah. I listed everything. All my past stuff. My lifelong history gave permission for those records to be turned over. All that good stuff. Right? Not making a dime. <laughs> could there's no way in hell I could work. Um and waiting and waiting. Sometime around October actually the, the the agent called me and I was telling her everything. She's like, Well, it sounds like we need to get some x rays and all this stuff. So she put in she told me she had put in for that. And when I went to their doctor, they didn't do squat. They they were just, you know, your typical... They didn't even look at the joint. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, what happened? She said she put in for x-rays too. I was told nothing. Um, That joint started really hurting. And I knew, I knew I needed to do something. And I was facing either going to an emergency room... Suffering another debt I could not pay, which it would have been probably astronomical, or figuring out a way to get insurance. And like I said, I'd already been turned down by 10 care, I think by this time twice. And I, I felt myself getting sicker, and it was scaring me quite a bit. Because you know what? My boys, I'm all they have as a parent. I'm too young to go for them. They need me around a few more years. I was a young adult when I lost my dad. And um, that's hard. 
I may not have been a child, but I was in my twenties, and it, it it's 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 it doesn't feel right. You know, he never got to meet Kyle, my youngest. He got to meet Justin, my oldest, but he never got to meet Kyle, my youngest. So, anyways, I I was scared, and um, I thought I I just have to work somehow. I just how can I work? I can't even get out of bed some days. But then there are days when I can. It's really, you know, anybody who has autoimmune knows how it goes. Even us mysterious autoimmune people. <laughs> um, so I, I, I decided that I can't write anymore. I don't like videos. I really don't even like this audio stuff. I, I prefer writing, but it's just such a frustrating endeavor when I go to do the write for the blog. My mind's everywhere. Um, that I would take my situation because people, I'm going to tell you right now, there are so many middle-aged ill people who have worked and who have given and who have been productive and who have been productive members of society who are sick and there's nothing in this country for them, especially if they're single and especially if they can't work. And especially if they live in a state that didn't take the damn expansion for Medicaid. They're dying. People are literally dying waiting for some program to kick in. And when they apply for Social Security, they're hoping. They're hoping that they can pay their mortgage next month. They're hoping that they can pay the rent, the lights, the electricity, survive while already being chronically ill and our system takes so long to go through the process is so devalidating invalidating it's ridiculous they make you feel like you're an abuser the minute you apply you have to jump through so many hoops. And for people who have lived in states where they couldn't get medical care and gotten sicker, 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 and don't have the files to back up their claims, it's almost impossible. We as a country are killing our own people by this neglect. I've had friends who have lost their homes. I have had friends who sat in cold houses in the middle of Wisconsin winters being sick, waiting for Social Security while they contemplate suicide. It's common. You don't hear good stories about claiming for Social Security. You hear bad. And it's wrong. Why are we doing this? And here's the other thing that bothers me about it. Being that survivor, knowing that adverse childhood experiences, ACE scores, which I will discuss later in other episodes, um, play into victims, child victims, growing up inevitably to land in this position. And being re-victimized. It's all connected, people. 
all of it's connected. And we've got to start paying attention. And I've lost my damn mind because I sit here and I got nothing but time. And I see these comments. I see people insulting anybody who who who's wants assistance. I see people denying other people health care. I see people talking about not even giving a shit enough to wear a God blessed mask on whether or not they're affecting someone else in their community. And I have to wonder, why are we doing this? I don't get it. (laughs) Why aren't we paying attention? So I wanted to take this experience of this chapter in life and share it as I go through it, because it's hell. And I'm trying very hard to hold on to my sanity and hopefully connect with others who are going through the same. Hopefully plant seeds of awareness at how desperate the situation is while also providing support to others silently going through it. I know your pain. I know what it's like to have to count on your child for a meal. I know what it's like to sit in fear that your life is slipping away and you're trying to save yourself and there's no one around. I know what that's like. I know what those thoughts are like. So I want to reach out to you too and let you know you're not alone and I'm going to keep talking. You know, if I go to a clinic, a federally funded freaking clinic, and they can't even give me an x-ray? Are you kidding me? The most that they do at that clinic that I, I tried to reach out to was blood pressure, Give diabetics insulin, take a few blood tests, and never call you back. And these clinics are in poverty-stricken areas. These clinics are in areas of people of color. These clinics are in areas where we have high rates of domestic violence. And when you have domestic violence, you also get high rates of sexual assault, especially child sexual assault, because that's dysfunctional cycle spinning out of control. You see how this is all connected? And um, now this might seem a little bit jumbled right now because, like I said, I hate communicating in this type of form. I'd rather write it out where I can go back and go, okay, does that make sense? (laughs) But this is what you're going to get if she's done lost her mind. I am selling, reselling items. I went into business for myself so I could get on Obamacare and get insurance. And within um, a week of having the insurance, I got into an internist who now has me seeing every freaking specialist in the book. It's quite frustrating because it's bringing back triggers of my childhood. But it just goes to show you, I went to the clinic a couple of times. They didn't do anything for me but misdiagnose me. They didn't do anything. They don't respond to calls. I get insurance. I get in to see an internist. 
and I've already seen an orthopedic surgeon. I have to see a hematologist. They're sending me for a nerve conductivity testing. I have to go to the pain clinic. And that's only within a few weeks of having insurance. It shouldn't be like this. So, yeah, she's... She's done lost her mind, was created so I could get insurance and keep insurance and hopefully get my health back up to the point where I can make more money and put more into something and not need Social Security disability because I would much rather not. But I had to do something to save my life, and this is what I did. So I'm using it. I'm reselling items. I got that off to the side. I'm also going to start doing regular podcasts talking about these issues and how they're all connected and how there's a lack of resources and what resources are there actually for people. I want to um, also share people's stories. So if this touches you, man, you, you drop me a message. If you want to share your story, drop me a message. We have got to get these stories out there. Drop me a message, and um, I'll interview you. We'll have a nice little chit-chat. <laughs> so you never know what I'll come up with on this, because I'm going to tell you right now, my mind's all over the place. And I'm learning this chapter as I go. Um, What else? I think that's just about it. So, and you know what? I, I'm going to do things wrong, and I'm going to do things right. And as I do them, you get to see it or hear it, witness it with me. Because that's the only way we're going to find solutions is if we pay attention to each other and our lives and our experiences, our our successes and our failures. And not be shamed in the process. That's the only way we're going to fix the society where we can live in peace and our children can grow up safe. So that's it. That's Eva's done. Lost her mind. Oh, also, also, also. I'll be putting it up. I don't know if I'll have it up by the time you hear this or not. A link on the website because I got a goal. I think you should always have a goal in life. And my goal is actually one that I'm going to share with my oldest son, Justin. I have always wanted to go across country and just drive to little towns since I was a kid watching On the Road with Charles Corral. And tell stories of life. But I want to tell stories of people who have struggled in one way or shape or form. And faced that and what they did to overcome it. Um, what they still need. I want to tell those short stories that we bond at at the deepest, deepest core levels. And my son, who happens to be, a, my oldest son, who, Justin, who happens to be a member of the LGBT community, we want to see what resources and what life is like in some of these places for people in his community and tell those stories too. So our goal is to get to the point where we can get a vehicle and be like everybody else. It's something I've wanted to do all my life before it became a thing. <laughs> and just go out there and and wander and travel and tell these stories and document it as we go. So there is going to be a link on the website for that project. And any donations to the project 
I'm going to tell you right now, it's not non-profit, it's not 501c3, it's just an independent project. If you want to see something like that happen and you want to support us and support my efforts in trying to maintain a, a, um, insurance so I can get healthy to do it, um, please donate. Uh, I make no promises. I'm not a well woman. I can't make promises. But I can tell you, I will always do my best. And I will never, never give up. It may take me some time to get some things done nowadays. But I will never give up. So that's our goal. That's something we're looking forward to. Um, it'll be fun. And I know it's going to happen because I'm stubborn. And we need these stories told. So maybe I have lost my done, I done lost my mind, but if I have, oh well, might as well have some fun in life, right? So look forward to future podcasts and um, like my Facebook page, share. I'm on Twitter. I got, I'm doing Instagram too, but you know what? I kind of hate Instagram because I don't get it. I, I really, I just, I don't get it and I don't really care to get it. Same goes with TikTok. I don't need to stick my mug out there. Um, but so look for the blog, look for the podcast. Um, I believe these will also be available on Spotify and everything. And just give a follow and communicate with me. Are you in the situation of Social Security? Are you about to lose everything because you're sick? In the United States of America, you're sick and you can't have insurance and you're in limbo of Social Security. If you're in that situation, please drop me a message and let's talk about it. Let's take a little look, look see into your life. Uh, I'm willing to bet a lot of us share some other common bonds. And I want I want to explore that. So you can email me. Sorry. My sinuses are acting up. You can email me at she's done lost her mind at gmail.com. Message me on Facebook at she's done lost her mind. Uh Twitter too. Don't ask me what the handle is. Just Google it or search it out. And let's talk, let's communicate, let's connect, okay? Try to be well, okay? We're all in this together.